Uh, if you'd like to read along, we have Pew Bibles um, there, and it's on page 688. Hear the word of the Lord. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day, they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask, me, ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. In such is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? when you see the naked, to cover them and to not hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, a sermon title is um, Pre-Season Preparations Looking Towards Lent. Now, some of y'all may have seen that and, and look at your calendars and say, already? Yes, can you believe it? It always sends worship teams in, into a panic uh, when... Ash Wednesday and Lent is in February because we, we just took the Christmas tree down, it seems like. We just got the Christmas and Epiphany behind us and caught our breath, and then we get back ready for Lent. And Lent is not yet. I believe it's two and a half weeks away. And I wanted to offer this sermon to, so that you think about what you would like to do for Lent as an act of devotion before Lent comes to us. Uh, not saying any one of y'all did it, I might be saying one of me did it, but I'd hate for you to get to Ash Wednesday halfway through the day and say, oh, what am I going to give up this year? Uh, and, and realize you can't give up chocolate because you had chocolate for dessert or whatever it is. We should be thinking way in advance how we would like to devote our time when it comes to Lent. And this scripture actually is right out of the lectionary. It's scheduled for today, and so I took advantage of that. And as we heard, it's about fasting. Now, 
The irony is not lost on me that I was studying for this sermon, reading commentary with a bag of ruffled sour cream and cheddar chips and last year's Halloween candy reading about fasting. That's the parent tax for you. You know, the kids go do all the work and then you get a little bit for yourself. Um, I wouldn't say that if my kids were here today. Um, But I enjoyed my chocolate and my potato chips and I'm reading the commentary about fasting. Now some of us know what fasting is. It's, It's abstaining from something, usually food. During, uh, throughout scripture, especially with Jesus before he started his ministry, he fasted 40 days, 40 nights in the desert and set himself apart. We also hear of the, the Daniel fast where they just ate of uh, vegetables and abstained from all other lavish foods. We know of other traditions of fasting through Ramadan um, where you don't eat during daylight hours or um, I always get it mixed up, I think, no meat through Lent except fish on Fridays. Um, There are many, many different ways to fast by giving up something, by inviting some kind of discomfort into your life. Why would we willingly do that? Why would we willingly uh, abstain from delicious things like chocolate and cake and and, uh, fast food? Why would we do that? Well, the reason that we um, fast is we want to draw closer to God and ask God to draw closer to us. Sometimes we fast to amplify a, a prayer concern, a supplication. Sometimes we fast to prepare ourselves, such as in Lent, as we prepare for Easter. Sometimes we fast to um, receive God's blessing or an answer um, or healing. And fasting is, has been a part of our Judeo-Christian uh, tradition. And we hear here in Isaiah, God is telling Isaiah, speak out, raise your voice. And God has a word for us and for um, those uh, in exile about fasting. You see, people were fasting and putting ashes on their head and and wearing sackcloth and mourning and abstaining. And they're like, God won't answer me. What's happening? I thought this was supposed to amplify my prayer, um, bring healing, and God doesn't see me. God doesn't hear. And God says, I do see you. I see you wear ashes and lower your head but you grumble and and quarrel with people while you fast. This is not the way of God. Before I knew um, of the the tradition of ashes on the forehead, um, remember I grew up in in an ethnic United Methodist Church, a Korean United Methodist Church, so I didn't really have a lot of knowledge around some of the rituals. But I was uh, working at a grocery store, Piggly Wiggly if it matters to anyone, but I was working at the grocery store uh, as a teenager, and you know, you see all sorts of people, all sorts of behaviors and attitudes. And I didn't realize uh, what uh, particular day it was. It was Ash Wednesday, and some people were very rude. And by the way, you got something on your forehead. They would go and put ashes on their forehead in the morning to prepare for Lent and to fast, and yet they were rude to people that they were encountering in the world. This is what God is speaking out against. Don't lower your head and put ashes and sackcloth on and then mistreat people. 
says, don't forsake one another. Don't quarrel with your kin. Don't um, oppress your workers. Some people would fast from work, uh, would stay home and take a Sabbath, but they would send their workers out into the field to make them money. God says, I see that too. I see you fasting from work, and I also see you oppressing your workers. This is not the fast I ask for. Let me tell you what the fast I require. And God tells us and repeats himself so we know how important it is. He said, this is the fast I choose, to release the prisoners or loosen the bonds of injustice, share bread with the hungry, provide a home for the homeless, clothe the naked, satisfy the needs of the afflicted. And we hear this twice, almost on repeat. He's going to say it so that we don't miss it. He said, this is the fast that I require of you, that I delight in. Justice, freedom, redemption, concern for the poor and the hungry and the homeless. He says, that is where my heart is. So if we fast to draw closer to God's heart, and God says, my heart is here, with the oppressed and, and the broken and the brokenhearted, that is what our fast should be about. Now, how, how exactly do you do that? It's a big jump from fasting from chocolate or social media or, or meat, and then a fast that God chooses of releasing the bonds of the oppressed. How do you make that jump? I think part of uh, what we can do and what is required of us is to see the people, to see the injustice. And in seminary, in one of my education classes that was during the spring semester, the professor says, we're gonna do a fast together these next 40 days, but I wanna push you, push you just a little bit. Instead of practicing from this thing or that meal or that pleasure, um, I want you to choose a fast that is tied to something deeper, an injustice. Uh, fast from something that is uh, tied to um, some kind of oppression or etc. And she left it quite uh, wide parameters. Now I will be very uh, open with y'all and, and share what I did. I could have pushed myself a little bit harder. The thing that I gave up was, uh, this was before Pinterest and uh, really before Facebook really got off the ground um, and people still bought magazines. Do people still buy magazines? <laughs> I had glossy magazines, beauty magazines, fashion magazines. I'm very bored. I, I repent of this, but I used to watch like America's Next Top Model, a lot of like the beauty and the makeup and the fashion um, and, and Project Runway. I. I consumed all of these beauty standards and when uh, the professor said um, fast from something meaningful I gave that all up and I didn't wear makeup for 40 days and looking back I was like that just wasn't quite enough but uh, it was the best that my less mature self could do others in my class really went for it the professor herself said I'm going to fast from trash she says uh, 
I want to be a better steward of earth, and so I, instead of getting plastic forks every time I order, you know, food, I'm going to bring my own bamboo utensils. Um, she stopped getting styrofoam carry-out containers. She would bring her own Tupperware, and we all wondered, how exactly are you going to abstain and fast from trash? Well, she told us towards the end she failed. She's like, it is very hard to abstain from trash. Um, and another uh, student, she fasted from water. Stay with me here. Not water as in hydrating the self, but what she did was she abstained from wasting water. So when she turned on the shower to heat up the water, she would collect it in a bucket and not waste a drop. She would use it to um, fill the toilet tank or to water her garden. And when she wasn't washing, she would turn off the water. For 40 days, she did this. And in those 40 days, in addition to abstaining from wasting water, she learned about water ministries, water mission, water outreach, and paired the discomfort of worrying about every drop of water, paired it with the injustices of clean access to water, access to clean water. It is a hard thing to make that jump, but that I believe is what the heart of the message is, not to just engage in some kind of discomfort, but to let yourself and your heart become uncomfortable and invite discomfort into your life to see where justice and injustice are. A friend of mine, he gave up uh, sugar in that class. And the professor said, well, why do you want to give up sugar? And he uh, talked about the generation um, ago slave trade and the injustice of current slave, not slave, the current injustice of sugar manufacturing and production. And she said, very good, good for you, giving up sugar. And she moved on and he was sitting beside me and he says, and I want to drop those last 10 pounds. Right there, so close, <laughs> but right there, what God wants of us is not to indulge in these uh, discipleship practices for our own self-righteousness sake or for some self-interest of losing pounds or um, to look pious in front of one another. If it is truly drawing closer to the heart of God, God says, look at what my heart is concerned with. The homeless, the hungry, the oppressed, those who in need of redemption. So how can we, in these next few weeks before Lent really begins, consider how we can fast in a way that's going to please God, in a way that draws us near? God says, in essence, this is what true worship is, what I desire. If you want to give up food, Go for it. I won't judge you for it. I'll even praise you for it if it's chips and chocolate. But if you're going to give up food, connect it by feeding the hungry. If you give up going out to eat at a restaurant this Lent, take that money that you would have spent and send it to the food pantry. If you're going to take off work on Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, give your workers, your coworkers, not your coworkers, but your, your staff that day off too. If you're going to abstain from buying new clothes during Lent, look through your closet and give clothes away and, and clothe those who are naked. 
If you want to give up uh, wasting water, donate to Water Mission. It's taking that extra step of finding the discomfort in our abstinence and in our fast and, and furthering it to see how we can benefit God's community. I um, was reading this commentary and it struck me and troubled me. I, I nearly spit out my coffee. It, it hit me. <laughs> I'd like to share it with you as uh, we kind of close this time of learning about God's word. You see, Isaiah was taking the word of God and giving it to a people in exile who were so lost in being lost and in their exile, they tried to find a better way to worship and they missed the mark. So how do we worship better as God instructs us? It says, most people in churches know all about Christian faith but they get bored during worship. How could they get bored during worship? How can anyone go to sleep 10 minutes after singing holy, holy, holy? How can anyone not pay attention when holy scripture is being read? Lots of churchgoers know everything about worship except that it should change us. Cities in which so many go to church on Sunday ought to show the results of their worship and the quality of their lives from Monday through Saturday. During Isaiah's time, the temple in Jerusalem was standing room only. No one missed a service. They sang psalms, old ones, new ones, all kinds of psalms. They sang prayers. They gave offerings. What they did not do was let worship trouble their consciences. If they kept their distance from God, then they could keep their distance from God's children. They did not want to make connections between their worship and their neighbors. They ignored the poor and everyone else they wanted to ignore. As we prepare um, in a few weeks for the Lenten season, let us consider the ways that we invite discomfort uh, to our daily routine by giving up food or some pleasure. But let it not stop there. Let us also invite the spirit of discomfort to rattle us to see ways in which people are hurting and really make a difference. If fasting is drawing near to God's heart, let us see what is within God's heart other people. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you that you have created us, your children, that you created people for you to love. We see that it is within your heart to love and to care for each of us. In this day and as we prepare for the Lenten season, we ask truly that you will trouble and stir our hearts, that we too may care for your community by clothing them, feeding them, quenching their thirst, housing them, and caring for your creation. In Christ's name we pray, amen.